Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Leave the Pin In Podcast Interviews. Today we've got a very special guest, very excited for this interview. We've got Ben from Some Guy's Backyard and Bruff Creek National. These guys are building their own home backyard golf course, but not like you and I would do. We're not putting a flag on top of a hill, maybe somewhere in our backyard, and putting a mat down, hitting balls to it. These guys are literally building a short course in their backyard. If you haven't checked them out on Instagram or Twitter, you need to. On Twitter, you can go to Some Guys Backyard. Yard is spelled Y R D. You can also go to BCNGC Super on Twitter. And then on Instagram, find them at Some Guys Backyard. And then definitely check out the merchandise that they've got in their shop at store.someguysbackyard.com. These guys are literally doing this from the ground up in old punk style DIY fashion. They have gotten money from tons of outside sources and the membership is completely free. It's an international membership. I mean, it is, it is without a doubt one of the coolest things going on in the golf world. So if you haven't checked them out on any type of social media, you need to do that immediately. And without further ado, here's my man Ben as we sit down and discuss everything about creating a backyard golf course. Absolutely. It depends on the uh, COR of the flagstick, so the Coefficient Restitution flagstick. In U.S. Opens, I'll take it out, and uh, every other tour event, when it's uh, fiberglass, I'll leave it in and bounce that ball against the flagstick if I need to. All right, everyone. As promised, we are here with Ben from Bruff Creek National, some guy's backyard. Ben, how you doing tonight? Doing good. How are you? Uh, real good, my man. Um, like I mentioned in the intro to people, I'm just so psyched about this because you know I consider myself like an amateur landscaper. Um, I love doing stuff around my house, and I've got a turkey mount, a septic system in my backyard, which I used to have a cup and a flag put in. I'd cut the grass real low and have like a little 30-yard hole. But you guys got something going on a little bit more in depth than that. Can you kind of take us on a little historical tour of Bruff Creek National as well as, you know, some guy's backyard and kind of how it started, how it spread through social media, and how it's become what it is today? Yeah, absolutely. So Bruff Creek National is a golf course that is on Zach Bruff's property in Kansas City, Kansas, and we are building a seven-hole golf course. Now, it's not necessarily just going to be a seven-hole golf course where you, know, you play metal play, one through seven, two times, you move on, and it's you know, ideally going to be more of a match club where you go and play horse. You throw down the ball anywhere on the property, call out a flag, and you hit to it. We have two and a half, two and three quarters of acres, almost three, and uh, the property's completely maxed out with golf holes in every corner and every piece of the property. So you can see just about every flag. Uh, from the center of the property, so you can literally choose whatever you want. It's the ultimate option, of course. The idea is uh, the ultimate, you know, wedge playground, uh, golfer's playground. The conditions are going to be very unconventional. You know, we're, we're going to have green complexes that are going to be more like fairways or green run-up. So you're not really going to be putting on clear surfaces, but it's kind of part of the mission is to prove, hey, you can have a lot of fun playing golf and not needing... Pure conditions to, to do so. 
Um, nothing to complain about or anything like that. We're just going to let nature take it on. Whatever it does with the course, you know, we're going to try to get as smart as possible and, and rolling out the, the process and um, rolling, being very specific with what we're choosing to succeed, you know, give us the best chance to succeed. Um, you know, but but you know, the idea is just let nature go with it, uh, be a little different, and uh, you know, keeping the concept of this is some guy's backyard. You take out the flagpole, you know, fill in the bunkers, and we leave. It's just a really dark, nice yard. Uh, that's the concept. And we're trying to do it uh, completely with the support of the golfing community. Really, any body in the community that's down to have fun and, and meet people and um, you know, build that sense of, of you know, community or membership. And, and that's why we put it online and really just you know, put ourselves out there and said, hey, if anybody wants to join, if anybody believes in you know, fun golf, handmade golf, um, something different but still have architectural intent. Uh, come join us. Come follow along. We're going to be making a bunch of content. We're going to be bringing everybody on the ride. And, uh, you know what? You can be a member of this course. Not everybody has the opportunity to uh, be a member. So for the cost of zero dollars, you can join us. Just support us. And, and we'd love to have you. So um, the course is going to be 100% free. We were able to actually raise uh, $15,500 from community members, from members of Rough Creek National from all across the world. And we're using that money, and it's all going directly into building the course. So that's that's our parameters now. We know what we have. It's fifteen thousand five hundred dollars. We're going to make the best damn golf course that we can with that money. So um, that that's the idea. We're going to bring everybody along for the ride the whole way. Hopefully, along that road, we're able to find a way to make golf course design, golf course construction, golf course maintenance cool. You know, bring a little bit of a uh, light to the doers of the game, the ones that make it possible. So that's the intent, and that's what some guys' backyard stand for and what we're going to do now and then hopefully in the future is to really highlight and um, use this as a platform to uh, get in front of people and hey, you know, the people that make golf possible are really undervalued, and it's a really cool thing to, to do. You know, if you are, like you said, a, a DIY person, or, um, you know, think that making stuff with your hands and being an artisan is, is cool and it's valuable and, and unique, but we're doing it with golf courses and golf course design. Um, you know, we just think that there's a lot of opportunity out there to use this as a um, way to meet friends and for other people to meet friends and gather around a central idea, a central concept, and um, everybody chip in and feel like uh, you know, it's more of a, a we instead of they. No, I mean, that's that's fantastic. I love the DIY attitude. Uh, you know, I mean, that's something from, 
you know, back in my early musical days, you know, with punk and hardcore, it was just, just such an, an ethos. Uh, and the spirit is just so alive. So can you explain to us who all are kind of the central members of Bruff Creek National? You know, like, who are the guys that are, are invested deeply? Who are the guys that are on hand kind of day in and day out working with you to accomplish this goal? Sure. So we, we try and separate it a little bit. We have our members. Those are individuals that support us. Uh, they could be, you know, close here in Kansas City. They could be really far away. Or just a classic membership, somebody that, that is a uh, believer in Rough Creek National. You know, has that and, you know, has signed up for our newsletter. That's how you become a member and get a member number. So uh, we call the individuals that actually work on the course that are a part of some guy's backyard. Think of it as like the grounds crew, if you will. Uh, there's, there's four central individuals. So there, there's myself, uh, Zach Ruff, who owns the property. He's DCNGC Super on, uh, on Twitter. And you have Evan Bissell. He does a lot of the, uh, content generation. He edits all our videos, uh, technologies. He does a lot of the website stuff and, uh, helps out any different ways. Also on the course, you know, definitely. We all put in a lot of sweat, sweat equity as well. Then Mark Robinson, who, um, I don't know if he necessarily has a, a role by any means, but he's there to help and he'll do whatever you want or you know, whatever we, we ask him to do. Uh, but he really does like, you know, the videoing and, and um, creating concepts for, for content and you know, actually getting out there and, and helping us you know, make content as well. So um, those are the, the core figures. Very cool. Now, uh, my son, my 12-year-old son is, I guess as far as 12-year-olds go, pretty big into golf course architecture. And he just kind of loves the idea of being able to shape the land. So he wanted me to ask, because he follows you guys on Instagram and on Twitter, and he wanted me to ask, what was your inspiration behind this? Like, was it one of those things where you guys just sit around the fire pit one night, and you're like, yo, we got all this property, let's just build a golf course? Or... You know, are you guys like architecture nerds? Are you guys that are like deep into the historical portion of golf architecture? Like, where did it come about? Sure. Yeah, great question. So, I'm definitely a, um, you know, the, the golf nerd tag. I think it's funny and, and a little bit condescending for somebody that I'd like to consider myself more of a of the game, but I'm a big time golf nerd, no doubt about it. Yeah, we, 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 we always say that on here. My buddy uh, Dan Urban, who caddies at the web.com tour, who we have on all the time, says that's like the highest compliment he can pay somebody is to be a golf nerd because it's like one of those niche things. Like as soon as you find out someone else is as well, you guys are like instant friends. It's kindred spirits. Yep. You could talk for hours on end. <laughs> yeah, no doubt about that. So, uh, yeah, so I'm a, I'm a you know, big time golf nerd, and uh, really, you know, some of the more modern media outlets like the Friday, No Laying Up, uh, the, the other ones that, that are out there, they actually showed me that golf is supposed to be fun. Crazy theory, right? I don't know what it was, but for the first ten years of my golfing life, that's not necessarily how I viewed it. I did get satisfaction, but. It was all about score. It was all about shooting the number and, and getting a lower handicap and playing tournaments and winning tournaments and losing a lot more than winning. But, you know, and then you realize, you know, as I kind of aged and, and matured and um, figured out there was more out there than neighborhood golf courses that I've only played my entire life and that these courses are built for fun. It's like, oh, wow, what a concept that is. So I really dove into that and, and then got to experience some of that. I played Sand Valley. Um, you know, about 
I guess last year, and that was my first like, okay, I get it. These courses are built differently. They're built around fun exclusively. Um, and yeah, you can go out there and shoot a good score, sure, but you know that's not necessarily the, the ethos of it. And it really sunk in. And then I you know, sought out a couple other golf courses that, that did the same thing. And then um, I, I realized, man, I had to drive nine hours to go do that. That's ridiculous. It's outrageous that I have to go that far to experience something truly fun. Uh, and, and there's just nothing else out there. Not, nothing close to, to where we're at. And, um, it bothered me, you know, and, and then some of the media kept going down the same path of somebody needs to step up for the community. You know, somebody needs to start building fun golf courses and different golf courses and they're popping up. They're happening. Short courses are happening. It's great, but I mean, no one's really stepped up and been like, I'm here for the community. I'm not here to make money. I'm here to you know, bring this community, something really fun. And I don't know what it was. There was just, I was just like, you know what? I'm going to do this. I'm just going to do it. And, and somehow was able to convince, you know, Mark, Evan, and, and definitely that, that, hey, this is a good idea. We have something special here, and we can build something architecturally interesting, extremely fun, different, unconventional, um, and, and, and you make something unique within golf right now. And uh, we had the perfect opportunity not having to purchase land. I mean, there's that, gosh, we are 60% of the way there by having that taken care of. And, uh, the land happens to be absolutely incredible. <laughs> it's just a perfect piece of land with so much unique you know, undulation and elevation change. And uh, the concept of, of the match club strictly came out of just what the land was. We're doing nothing really to the land. We're massaging it to a very, very small degree. All the golf sets are already there. And we're just highlighting them, and we're just going to make it a playable opportunity and, and focus on flow and highlight the, you know, land, the natural elements of the course. Um, and that's it. So it's strictly just with a passion of mine to bring fun you know, to a community. And, you know, also... Another huge element of the, the, the fun factor is these courses are private. You know, these courses are, are very hard to get on. They're not approachable. Uh, you know, I'll never have the opportunity to play, you know, Shinnecock or any of those courses that are, are supposed to be exceptionally good architecturally and, and really just for my thinking. So really just wanted to bring that to the community, really wanted to give it a, a try from an architecture standpoint. I, I think that if I could go back in a you know, time machine, go back in time, I'd, I'd reconsider and think about getting into golf course architecture. But instead, it's like, let's beat the door down and let's just build something. There's not many you know, golf course architects that are 26 years old that actually have a course on the ground, and I, I can have one. So that would be awesome. <laughs> you know what I mean? So um, you know, we just went ahead and, and did it. Now, now we're, we're really functioning like a, a full-on firm in design and construction. And, um, we have the resources to do it now. So that, that's all been luck, you know, honestly. And you uh, can't wait to see if we actually are reasonable architects, I guess. <laughs> there, there are two awesome points that you made during that, which just so stood out to me. Uh, the first one about golf being fun, like, it's 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 a no-brainer right it's like duh of course it should be but you're so right so many people get so frustrated so easily and they feel like oh i've got to play 18 holes i have to wear this like 
Yeah. I, I try and, and we try on the podcast, my buddy Scott and I, we try to let people know as much as we can, like golf can be whatever you want it to be. You know, if, if golf is going to the driving range with your buddies and drinking a bit, then that's golf. You know, if golf mm-hmm. is creating your own golf course in your backyard, then that's what golf is to you. I mean, it can be anything. You're, you're not going to be a tour pro. You know what I mean? Exactly. <laughs> like, let's be honest. That's, that's probably not going to happen. Um, and, like, if there's someone out there listening and that's going to motivate them to be a tour pro, awesome. Like, hit me up in five years and come on the podcast and we'll talk. That's great. But we've got to enjoy it in a different light. And so that's yeah. so super important. You're right. Like, I love Andy over at the Fried Egg and all the guys from No Laying Up because it's just a new age spin on something that's been done the same way over and over and over for so many years. Yeah. Yeah, yeah no doubt. And, and, you know, the, the pro element as well, like, so many people hop on the back of the pros and what they're doing, and that's fine. That, that's great. But why are our courses made for pros when 99.9% of golfers, you know, are not pros? Exactly. So it just doesn't really make sense that why, why is there not golf options, golf courses, whatever you want to call it, for the 99.9%? It, it's so silly to me. I, I just don't understand it. So let's build something for them, you know, the people that actually play the game. Yeah, get, just get, give the people what they want, right? That's the bottom mm-hmm. line. And then, so the second point too, which I think is so paramount in any of the great architectural courses, whether they be from the golden age or kind of the new minimalist design of like Coran Crenshaw that you made a great reference to is that you just kind of massage the land a little bit and then out pops this course. I mean, isn't that how we praise every top architect nowadays for not moving much land and for having the creativity to see something that someone else didn't see, but it was already there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, I have thoughts about the whole minimalist aspect of, of architecture. I, I struggle a little bit to consider some of the modern designs to be minimalist. You have every resource you ever could have in the world. <laughs> That's true. You have to practice restraint. Is that truly minimalist? I'm not sure. Um, so, I don't know. Well, I, I love all those courses. You know, Doak and, and um, Corin Crenshaw, David Clay Kidd, you know, all these guys are, are building exceptional golf courses and like you said, they're just massaging the land and highlighting some of the elements, but you know, another thing that, that we're trying to do to pivot a little bit away from that concept, because those require great land in the first place. They require exceptional land in the first place. So, um, you know, in my mind, how much easier is it to find five acres of great land versus 200 acres of great land? I would assume way easier. <laughs> so why not just make these little, you know, have, it's so much easier to... Uh, obtain that that great land, and, and when you only need five acres of great land, and you can massage that and make something really special out of that. And you know, again, just doing the best with what you've got, whatever you've been handed, whatever's been handed to you. And you know, sometimes you got to move dirt, sometimes you don't. But uh, at the end of the day, if you're building golf, that's fun and, and intriguing and thoughtful. Uh, then it's good. It's good for you know, good for golf. I hate that uh, phrase, but you know what it is. I, I couldn't agree more, and I think the other thing is, too, you, you hear all the time, and I know it grows tired on me and, and I grow weary of it, but you always hear about grow the game, grow the game, grow the game, 
And then on the next, you know, talking point from a golf talk show or whatever, you hear, well, you know, Augusta just lengthened the fifth hole by 40 yards and purchased this land. And, and you know, the web tours play at 7,800 yards. Like, mm-hmm. that doesn't grow it for anybody. But what you guys are doing, literally, I mean, I can envision neighborhood kids riding past and being like, dude, what are those guys doing with that big burn pile and those, you know, awesome tractors and those quads? And they're like, oh, we're building a golf course, man. They're like, oh, yep. well, I don't play golf. Well, hey, you know, when it's done, swing by and you can. Yep. Absolutely, for free. <laughs> you don't need to pay anything, you know, and that's that's awesome because the community was able to make that possible. And I really, really feel like that's the model for the future. It's, it was a model that got the game up, you know, off the ground in the first place, why wouldn't that be the model for the future? Yeah, you the exactly. Element, you know, you, you get the, the feeling of um, being a part of something, something bigger, something great, something that, that you can see moving forward and, and be a part of. And um, I, I just think that's so much better than calling up, hey, what is your guys' joint fee? Oh, $5,000, never mind. You know, I, it's, it's just that doesn't do it for me. You know, it, it's a barrier of entry that's unfair for you know, 90% of, of folks that may want to give golf a try, you know? So I think that that community element is so important and so critical. And I think that we'll see more, I hope that we'll see more community developed golfing options out there um, in the very near future. Yeah. I mean, maybe things are actually finally coming full circle again. You know, like you said, the way the game started to where we are now, maybe, maybe the future is actually the past, you know? Yeah. Um, so let, let me let me ask you a little bit of like the technical side of it. Like, how did you how did you or how did you guys decide on the routing? I mean, did you do you go around and sketch out the property? Did you walk it? I mean, did you? How does how does that come about? Is that trial and error? Sure. sure. Yeah. So I did live on that property for I think twenty months, just a little over a year and a half. Right out of school and. We built a golf hole initially, uh, just one golf hole, which is now a road hole, second hole. And um, my mind was, from that time on, I, I was unbeknownst. You know, I, I had no idea that I was doing it, but I was developing a route. And I was developing, hey, what's a cool shot? This is a cool shot. This is a cool feature. Um, and, and, you know, I'd gone out there in the woods and just, like, hit a couple shots and walked it a million, billion times. And... Uh, any sleepless nights of just dreaming about it, and all of a sudden it popped out. And we haven't looked back. <laughs> We've had a lot of people, I don't want to say a lot of people, people have been uh, far from critical. They've been very supportive, but got a couple of, of you know individuals that are like, oh, why don't you do this? Or you should play this backwards. And, and we've been really good about staying strong. But nope, we're the ones that have walked the property a, a million times. And this, this works. This makes sense. Um, and really, that's all it is. It, it doesn't, for me, I, I honestly think that, uh, I've, you know, I've done nothing special from a routing perspective. Just what areas of the property do I want to go to? How do I want to get there? What's the most interesting way to get there? And let's focus exclusively on the shop values and not worry too much about challenging around a green complex. You know, and then so we just identified what are the seven best shops out here. And there you go. We got it. Now, how, how long will each hole play from? Or, I mean, I know you mentioned that, you know, it seems like you could play a lot of different cross-country iterations of the holes. Um, 
but what's the yardage range from least distance to, I guess, furthest distance a shot could max out? Yeah, so maximum shot you can hit is probably 135 yards. Uh, the, the property's a nice little rectangle, so um, we do have some longer shots on the property, which is, is fantastic. So we're going to have two shots that are um, over 120 yards, and then we have uh, the rest of the shots that are going to be between 100 um, on the high end and, and the shortest shot, 60 yards. Uh, but it's funny that the shortest shot is our uphill again, and just because we want to make a mockery of par, uh, <laughs> we're only at a par four. So the shortest hole at 60 yards is par four. That's fantastic. That is, uh, my, my buddy Scott, who does the podcast with me, will absolutely love that. <laughs> that is just sticking it to the USGA and the, and the PGA Tour, and he is just yep. 100% about that life. Yeah. Well, I mean, what's funny is, like, it's drastically uphill. It's, it's almost on, like, a, a cliff space, uh, about 22 feet, 25 feet, something like that, straight uphill. If you don't get up, you know, above that on your first shot, it is a par four. There's no question about that. It's almost impossible to, you have to flop it straight up, you know, 30 feet in the air to, to get it on. And, and to get it to stay, you got to hit it probably five yards <laughs> total and hit it 30 feet up. So it's going to be, it's honestly going to be a par four. It's going to be great. Now, did you guys need any town permits for this or, or no, because it's your own property and you're not erecting any buildings or anything like that? I mean, probably. I don't know. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're just we're just going with it. So we're, we're lucky enough that this property is agriculture. Um, you know, zoned agricultural. So you know, from a, a taking down trees, manipulating the ground perspective, that's built into you know, the land, which is fantastic. And again, it goes back to our concept. We're not doing any drainage. We're not you know spraying a bunch of chemicals. We're not doing any of that stuff. So you take out the flag, it's a yard. <laughs> but that's just what it is. So, um, you know, if anybody wants to say anything about that, we're just making a nice yard. Right. Yeah, that's fantastic. A very nice yard. <laughs> very, very nice yep. yard. Um, yep. So, uh, I mean, I don't know the area, right? But are you guys, I'm assuming, obviously, it's not within the neighborhood. I'm assuming it's a, it's a pretty semi-rural area. Yeah, you can say that. Uh, it, it's, you know, it's very located in a, a fantastic spot and there's a lot of stuff that goes on around it but you know it, it is off a road that about two miles off a road that does see some traffic and it is at a dead end um right by a, a county lake so it's uh you know you would say it's fairly rural if you were driving down there but you know 15 minutes later you're in the heart of downtown kansas city so it's in a really great spot gotcha and uh we are lucky enough that our neighbors really love what we're doing. They've been, they were over there today and having a beer with us and actually taking some of our wood so they can keep their house you know, <laughs> next winter. So they're all in on what we're doing, uh, which is fantastic. And, and so there, there's Brook Creek National, one other house, and then it's just a, a massive farm, you know, uh, pasture land that goes right to the, the Missouri River. So nobody should even be coming down our street in the first place. It's a perfect situation from that perspective. That's pretty cool. That's a, that's actually the next question I was going to ask is what what do the neighbors think, you know, of it? But if they're on board, I mean, that's 
That's fantastic. I mean, you, you might have them as the first uh, playing guests of uh, yeah. Of it, no, actually, so our goal was to. I, I know you mentioned previously about our, our start date, but we're we're actually looking um, in August. Tom Coyne is going on a another one of his adventures at this time in America to write a book. Um, he's stopping off, and he's going to be the first one that we're going to tee up. Oh, that's uh, that is. Uh, Wow, I mean that—that's that, pretty special, right there. I think so too. I think so too. It, it, um, not that I need any more <laughs> motivation by any stretch of the imagination. People, you know, sending us all that money is, is unbelievably motivating. Uh, also induces your anxiety a little bit, but that's okay. Uh, you know, but him coming and, and believing in what we're doing and, and worth a trip for a New York Times bestselling author and, and you know, golf media figurehead um you know we're gonna build something awesome when you guys started this whole concept of of creating bruff creek national did you at any point think that it could get as big as it is now and by that i mean the social media following the outpouring of of monetary support um the amount of traction it has you know, on the internet, on on the social media realm. I mean, it's 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 something that I would venture to say that anybody that is in golf that has any type of social media following knows about. Did, did you guys sure. ever expect this? No, 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 definitely not. We 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 knew it was interesting. We knew that there was going to be a little bit of a of interest from hey, these guys are building golf course in their backyard. Yeah. People are going to be living vicariously through us. They, everybody wishes they had a backyard golf course, right? But the community element, like, really exploded. And, and you know, people can wear their hats or these are Walmart and it's a conversation starter. And, you know, that element we did not predict, uh, but we are so grateful for. That's exactly what we had dreamt of. You know, maybe this will catch fire and people actually want to join um, and be a part of this movement and, um, they, they really, really did. And what's, what's been great, especially because I, I feel like we've really struggled to get across the point of, hey, this is going to be an architecturally intriguing, you know, thoughtful golf course. This isn't just some guys in the backyard. Well, I guess it is some guys in the backyard. But anyhow, uh, you know, it, it's been tough to, to share our concept and idea and make our content golfy, if you will, because Let's be honest, it was the middle of winter and we we're just cutting down trees, right? It's crazy that we've done this in the middle of winter, just cutting down trees and making piles of sticks. You know, and that's what's fantastic. And I'm not sure, I, I still don't know what is clicking in people's heads when they see it. Um, and, and it, a little bit, I'm like, what are you doing? You know, but I love it. It's fantastic. I'm glad, whatever it is that they're getting from it, yearning from, our social media and our, our concept and in a quick 15 seconds that it takes for people to decide if they're going to follow or not, I'm happy to have it. It's, it's fantastic. And I, I honestly think that it's the individuals that started early with it, um, posting about it and sharing that, hey, I'm hands up. I'm a BCM member. I like this. I think that is what has helped propel it. You know, it really is all about the community. It's nothing necessarily that we've done. We're just rolling it out, you know, and the community is the one that's surrounding it and, and raising their hand and, and support. And I think that's what gets other people interested. Yeah, I think 
for most people, it's it's a view through the looking glass, you know, because look, I, I can't ride a tractor or a backhoe with uh, with Doke, you know, I can't mm-hmm. get on the phone with with Core or Crenshaw, you know, or or anybody or, or Nicholas or, or whoever and say to them, you know, hey, uh, walk me through this, you know, and I think it's sure. like that average Joe type deal where people are like, hey, man, this literally could be my next door neighbor, but this guy's on to something. Like, these guys are doing something that, A, I only dreamed about doing, B, when I dreamed about it, it didn't look like this. <laughs> it's not going to look this good. And and you guys are so transparent with everything. Like, you know, honestly, my son and I have been watching this fire burn at Bruff Creek for like seven days. And he asked me today, he's like, hey, is that fire still going? I was like, I don't know. I'm going to ask him tonight. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, 100%. That That's something that I very quickly... Um, Realize. So I realized two things really quickly because I don't have any background in this. I'm not educated in this. I never worked grounds crew. I've done a lot of stuff outside of my life. So hard work is, is not an issue by any stretch, but you have know, actual choosing the products and, and getting real technical with it. No background in it at all. Right. I would have absolutely loved if I could hop on YouTube and have someone talk me through how to build a green, you know, how to lay sod or how to choose sod for your area, all that stuff. Right. There's stuff out there. There's content out there. Not good content. It's more education strictly. There's no entertainment factor to it at all. Uh, you know, but like you said, I, I can't just call a joke and, and say, hey, you're in that situation. That's what I'm trying to do. What do you suggest? Uh, but the other doers in golf, like superintendents and, and you know, individuals that do golf course construction, like shapers and stuff, they're so willing to, to raise their hand and talk you through anything if you're if you're trying to build something or do something in the game golf people are fantastic they're so excited to help um and willing to, to put in extra time um, as professionals but you gotta ask you gotta be willing to put yourself out there you gotta be transparent like you said uh you gotta be willing to ask and then you know we want to make it a little bit even more transparent we want someone else that hey i, I want to try to do this you know Let's hop on YouTube and, and look at some guys' backyard and see what they're doing. And you can call me. You can absolutely call me. Here's my number. I'm out here. Please, I'd love to talk with you about what we're doing and help you out. You know, that's the whole concept of it. You know, let's let's be as community centric as possible. Support one another. Um, I've had a lot of support, so I'm so willing and so excited to talk to anybody about course architecture, construction, whatever it is. Um, you know, and I hope people do come to us with other ideas like this and. You know, if we can be the jumping point for somebody, that would be a dream come true. Yeah, I think one of the, the points that you mentioned about people giving back in the golf community is just so readily apparent to you. And, and you know, we, we started this podcast two months ago. And like you said, you got to put yourself out there. And I completely understand because the whirlwind that it's been in the last two months and being able to go to tour events and have pros on and have you know, mm-hmm. media influencers like you, which I would definitely consider, um, you know, a social media influencer, you know, all the different people in the golf community, everybody wants to kind of help out. And, I, and I've and i just been swept up with that, you know, and I'm sure you guys mm-hmm. have kind of felt that same wave of emotion too with all these people reaching out to you and the people that donate. And it's just, it's probably the one kind of niche I don't know if you want to call a group or family out there that 
everybody is willing to help because as soon as you find someone that's into golf or a golf nerd or whatever, you literally have an instantaneous click with that person. And there's not too many people that I know that are just like a little bit into golf. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) Like, like if I see you walking around with a Titleist hat, I'm like, oh, dude, cool hat. Like, you didn't just pull it out of your closet for no reason, you know? Like, no, you strategically put that thing on. Yeah, and, no there's, and there's a story behind it. Everybody in golf has a story. Like, and, and the one that you guys are creating is just absolutely phenomenal. Um, listen, let me ask you this. Like, when people donate, do you, can you see, like, who they are, where they're from? Like, what type of people are you getting donations from and have you received any big over-the-top ones like has there been some guy who's like hey guys look like here's six grand you know what i mean enjoy it <laughs> yeah yeah so you know, we did set up a GoFundMe, which you can you know, plug in anonymous if you'd like to be anonymous but you know me as an individual it's set up the, the GoFundMe. i can't see that because you're not the same people etc so um you know, it's, it's kind of interesting we a lot of our donors came post 500 members, which I always thought, oh, our core, you know, our core you know, group that knew about this for a long time ago is going to be the ones that are going to you know, fund this or, or we'll do whatever it is. But it's individuals, you know, we had a lot of individuals that I imagine came upon it one day, saw it, signed up, and donated that day. Boom. Like that. You know, it wasn't necessarily the individuals that had been following since November, um, and then they decided to pop it. Yes, we've had a ton of support from those core fans. Shout out to my refugees for growing up and the the board that we started talking about this on, and they really stepped up and been unbelievably supportive, but it it was wild that uh, it was more quick. It was more, I found this, I signed up, here's my donation. That was cool. That was one of the things I was expected per se. We did have, um, and from a demographic perspective, I have no idea. <laughs> I have <absolutely laughs> no idea. I try to keep up on, on Twitter as best as possible uh, you know, with, with Matt and donors and their handles and all that stuff. And you know, a lot of individuals that are you know, our age, a couple years out of college, that um, you know, don't name other individuals that are more mid-aged and, and I don't know what the, the rhyme or reason is for any of that, but call people on social media. <laughs> that, that's the one commonality uh, for the public thing. So we, we did have one individual, um, a couple of individuals really step up and, and be extremely supportive, and they're just a call away you know, from a mentorship perspective, from a, a monetary perspective, um, and whatever it is, there's a couple of real you know, core people. So, um, Ballpark, the, the company Ballpark Blueprints can make really fantastic visualization with all gravities, um, as well as like stadiums for ballparks and, and, and football arenas and all that good stuff. But um, true passion is, is golf. I don't think that they do business from that perspective, but you know, individual that, that runs that company is just, I, I don't know. I, I have no words for him. You know, he, he has done so much for us and, and made this a legitimate possibility for us, and I am unbelievably thankful and forever indebted to him. Um, you know, he, he matched any donation that came through in our final push during the Masters, um, ended up you know, matching 
That's very cool. Um, any plans for the guys at No Lane Up to maybe come out and, you know, do some video content out there for you guys once you open? Like, um, you know, Coin being out there, it's a pretty big get, you know, that might be a sure. good time. Sure. Yeah, I'd, I'd love for them to come out. I, I you know, hope that, that we can make that a possibility. Uh, we haven't talked about it yet. They've really been looking from afar and watching from afar. They're so busy with all the other stuff they have going on. They got to get to their eyeballs and they travel all the time. So um, I don't know what the situation is going to be like. I, I, I hope that <laughs> they make it out. You know, hope they make it to Kansas City and, um, and come out to, to BCN. If they don't, fine. That's great. Yeah. Their, their platform was the thing that really propelled us in the right direction. And we're forever grateful for, uh, you know, for their donation. And um, it's more than that. You know, it really gets into my feels a little bit because they brought me here, if that makes sense, and with what they do, with what they focus on, with why they're different, with um, with all that, you know, they, they're they the ones that, that brought me here. I honestly think about knowing up, if they weren't a thing, they weren't a group, they didn't produce content, if they didn't do what they do, BCN never would have even been a concept. So, um, a huge shout out to, to them, no doubt, and I hope they make it out. I hope they're, uh, I hope they're impressed. That's awesome. I did uh, I did a blog piece a while back about kind of the the new era in golf and how again, just like you had mentioned and, and you know, not so much for me as an individual because I've always loved the game kind of the way it's been being played now, if that makes any sense. I know it's kinda of weird um, to say, but I guess with the way that the mindset is we should be having fun. We should be listening to music out there. Like I've, I've always done that, but to see it on such a global and social scale, it's like validation almost. Um, no doubt. And, no, no doubt. I, I just, the, the one thing that I fear, I've seen it happen is 
go into, this is the new normal. If you don't subscribe to this, you're not a golfer or you're not woke. I want to be apprehensive about that because I think that there is something a part uh, or there's something about you know individuals that are chasing a score or chasing accomplishment that um, deserves their due. And kind of how you open up the podcast, do golf however you do golf. That's your golf. And I think that that's the most important thing. So um, I don't want to beat the drum too hard for hey, this is how you play golf. It's for fun. Because then I think that we take that away a little bit and actually start going the wrong direction. So I totally agree with you. What we're focusing on from the golf perspective, from a media perspective, from sharing a new way of thinking about it, I think it's freaking awesome. But I think that everybody should have the opportunity to enjoy that their own way. Eliminating that fun is the key factor. I think we can absolutely do that and, and also not, uh, uh, not go too far. Yeah, don't get me wrong. I mean, there's believe me, there's still a place for stuffy button-up clubs. I mean, <laughs> you know... Look, I don't all, know about that. Well, I don't know. All, all we got to do is look back at Augusta every every single look, look at sure. Augusta last week. I mean, and it is the greatest thing each year and there's no more exclusive club in the world. You know, than Augusta. Um so, you know, there's 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 little niches that everything can kind of fill in and, and again and and I I know I sound like a I'm beating a dead horse and I say it like almost every episode, but golf is, is what you make of it. I mean, so just whatever makes you happy within the sport, go do it. Yep. You know, simple as that. Um, all right. A few more questions before I I get you out of here, Ben. I've monopolized a ton of your time and I greatly appreciate, um, any accidents at all on the course? I mean, you know, like, or, any, I guess I should say, any accidents or has there been any kind of troubling times or what, what's what been the worst day scenario that you guys have encountered that you've needed to overcome so far? Yeah, great question. So luckily, no serious injuries uh, at this point. That's awesome. Um, we've, we've stayed away from that, which is, is great. So lucky from that perspective. Um, the the challenge, uh, I think, was more self-induced, but um, our winter was, was terrible. It was so bad. I mean, from, from the 1st of January until mid-March, you couldn't step outside. It just every weekend was freezing cold and snow. We had, like, a record. We had a record amount of precipitation um, during our, our winter. So when that was happening and we wouldn't, weren't able to work on the course, I was also in a sling. I had um, surgery on my left shoulder uh, to repair some old issues. But um, during that time when I was in a sling and the weather was just repeatedly crap, 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 crap. Um, I mean, that was, that was tough because we were getting donations. <laughs> we were promising a lot. We were putting ourselves out there. And I was like, is this going to, going to happen we haven't worked on the course in two months you know um so that was that was tough all i wanted to do was go out there and grab a chance to get to work and it just was not happening so the entire winter was was tough it was stressful it was hard to uh you know, continue to build content and keep interest because we weren't doing anything we absolutely weren't doing anything so um that was the, the toughest time we got a couple situations where you know work days get thrown out because something happens early, can't tell breaks or, you know, something dull or doesn't work and 
you know, we need to, you know, we need to start working on a machine or we don't have the equipment we need or uh, whatever, you know, that might be, that happens often. But uh, um, it was more the, the panic of, hey, we haven't done anything in like two and a half months. And, um, it's not that we didn't want to. We absolutely want to, but we can't. So, you know, again, anxiety just going through the roof in those times. That was, uh, that was a tough period. I, I start, started to rethink, like, are we gonna, are we gonna have enough time to do this? Is this even a possibility? And, uh, somehow, some way, uh, it's kind of falling apart. So, it's kind of going away. And now, uh, now I'm excited for the future of Fort anything. I mean, that's pretty good because you, you even mentioned before you guys are almost a little bit ahead of schedule as well, even after having such an awful winter. Yeah, yeah, we, 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 we've done really well and we've had some, uh, situations that were very fortunate. Um, you know, one of the, the main donations we received was from, uh, you know, the Buff family and they, they helped us by taking out some, some dangerous trees, some trees that we would not have been able to take out ourselves. Um, and having those individuals come in and, you know, happening on a Tuesday and a, a Wednesday versus a weekend, it was like, oh man, now we can really double up and have a, have an exceptional, you know, week, week and a half of getting things done and, uh, without happening, not falling in line and being a part of the process, uh, right at the end of winter really propelled us in the right direction. Do you guys foresee doing any future tournaments at all? Like, um, you know, Andy over at the Fried Egg is doing the steam shovel in two sure. weeks out at Lawsonia. Uh, you know, they, they run the Dunwitty over at Sweeten's Cove. You guys have any plans mm-hmm. like that to kind of maybe post it on social media and see what the, you know, kind of feel out the, the temperature of it and, and if it's kind of, you know, if it's kind of hot, invite people out and, and get a little tournament action going out there? Yeah, you better believe it. That's what we're building this thing for, man. We're going to make friends and have a good time and- Play with, you know, all these folks that have been helping. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think that um, that's critical. That's what we're working towards is that first big event. You know, couldn't be more excited for that day. I, I think about it all the time. I think people are, that's, I think that's also going to be an opportunity to um, you know, turn the light bulb on a little bit for some folks. Like, hey, I've been following this. It's been cool. You know, DIY project, like, golf's awesome. Let's build golf and make golf great, but then I come out like, well, like this is more than just some guys that build a golf course in their backyard. This is like the most fun day, two days that I've ever had. Um, that's that's what we hope <laughs> to, to accomplish. I know it's a lofty goal, but you know, I, I really do think that based on how much fun I have playing off the dirt, playing holes, and, and you know, <laughs> just messing around, I, I think that people are really going to be surprised at how much fun they have, how many laughs they share, how many fun, you know, cool people they meet. Uh, that's, that is the reason we're doing this, is to, uh, you have some events, have, have some people out, and you know, hopefully people will travel from you know, outside of Kansas City and, and come in and try something different. Yeah, I think they, they definitely will. Hey, you guys got any plans for, uh, for what to do when people start dropping holes in ones at the course? Yeah, we kicked around a, a couple of ideas. You know, of course, you have the classic plaque situation, um, where you know at the course you just throw up some names and then share that idea. But we want to we want to give a little bit of a takeaway, it's something that you can take. So we thought about getting a uh, a little wood burn scenario going and cutting some wood actually from BCN. 
stamping in their rubber number, they tie and you know we're holding in an Aton and we're taking you know taking a piece of BCM with them. That's pretty awesome. That is very cool. Um, hey, lastly, I've looked up you know because I love Google Earth and I love just looking at maps and stuff. And so I Googled, um, I don't know if I Googled the address or whatever, but it came up, and Google has you guys listed as a private club. <laughs> yep. Yep, yep. We, we did that ages ago. Uh, we did that well before the Brunswick National like, concept actually came to fruition. And um, I, I hope people understand that you know, without being like a total dick, we're trying to make a mockery of what is the American country club model. <laughs> That's so awesome. We're, we're, yeah. I could. Totally <laughs> Like I saw it, dude. And I just started laughing and I said this, like it's, that's the greatest kind of middle finger to to the to the establishment ever. It's 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 brilliant. Yep. Yeah, you can come join our private club for the price of zero dollars. So is it actually <laughs> public or private? Who knows? But that, that's what we're joking about. And even in the the name Rough Creek National, like such a pompous name, you know, so Augusta Hazeltine National. It's totally a joke, and I hope people get that. Um, hey, anything that you want to plug ever, I gave out in the intro, the, the store and, you know, obviously the designs are so simplistic that they are phenomenal with the, the, um, you know, the, the barn, the shed logo on it for, for BCN. Um, anything you want to throw out there for people? Yeah. So first off, that logo is the brainchild of, uh, one of our and I call them partners and a few companies came across the, on the, the refuge. I was in, in, uh, in the Netherlands and he helped us from afar. He is so, so good at what he does. You know, I, I bring him a concept. Hey, we're looking for, for this and he'll whip up 15 different things. And talking to somebody that has those skills from a design perspective, but is also like a, a mega golfer. Oh, it's like a matching having to do it all pro bono and, and helping us out with all that. So huge shout out to him. And the STB logo with uh Brent Channel, the individual named Justin Kennard. He's actually local here to Kansas City and he does branding type you know, stuff and um he's super thankful for that. It is super simplistic, but they, they get the message across uh, they mean something to us, which is just fantastic. Um uh, but it really the refuse I can't thank you enough for your time. Um, people, uh, like I mentioned in the intro, go to Instagram, go to Twitter, check out Bruff Creek National, check out some guy's backyard, and just follow along because it's it's coming to fruition. Like, it's almost here. Um, as on your, one of your Instagram stories today, you said you can almost taste it. Yep, absolutely right. We threw down some grass seed today, which was like 
such a far-fetched idea five months ago, and it's, it's down as long as we um, have that stuff popping. Now our, our focus shrinks so much. It's not the macro entire course that we're worried about. Now we can just focus on the green complexes, the tee boxes, and, and doing a great job with the, the turf from that perspective. Um, and we have all the money that we need to do it. So that's another huge weight off the shoulders. Um, I really can't face it. We're so freaking close. Awesome. Well, it is going to be fantastic. Um, you know, I can't wait until it is mentioned, you know, in the annals of, of golf history with all the other enormous private clubs that are out there. That would be that would sure. be wonderful. Sure, love that. Hope it's not just Brookfield National. It's a prototype. We hope to bring these and, and build communities all across the world. Awesome. Well, thanks so much, Ben. We really appreciate it. Great. Thanks so much. All right. Take care. Bye.